With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your calls. Andrew Forbes, Peter Barrichini, and Alex Hobson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Sticks in the Six. We're down a man yet again this uh, this week. Uh, this time it's Alex Hobson, but uh, I'm your host, Andrew Forbes, here with my co-host, Peter Barrichini. And Peter, uh, another big week in hockey, uh, some some kind of sad news coming out of the Leafs organization. Uh, it's, it's, it's not even sad, but it's a little bit... Uh, heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's tough but it's it's also heartwarming at the same time Mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll 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 kind of explain what we're what we're talking (laughs) about in a second but uh obviously we've got the matchup mcdavid mckinnon we'll get to that a little later in the show but before we do how's your week going my friend uh my week was going great um you know uh Obviously, you know me and my music. You you took some recommendations for me a few Always. weeks ago with that uh, masterpiece by Motionless and White. But like, I, not necessarily a new band, but this is a band that I've listened to quite some time. And I saw them live a few years back. And do you remember Adam Gontier from Three Days Grace? Yeah. He has, well, not necessarily a new band, but he left Three Days Grace and he formed his own band, Santa Sonia, and they got a new album coming out and, well, mini EP kind of thing, and they released a new track and that's been on repeat ever since. So if you like that Three Days Grace sound, or even just Adam Gauthier's voice, because I actually got to meet him and tell him that, you know, you are absolutely amazing. So yeah, uh, just absolutely phenomenal that he's still making music because his voice and his lyrics are just absolutely on point with everything. So give it, if if you, if you're into that, give it a listen to you and all the viewers out there. There you go. Some, uh, some Peter recommendation. I think we're <laughs> going to start a segment where it's just like Peter and Alex music recommendations. Cause you guys are the music guys. I'm, I'm more yeah. of like the, the film documentary. Like I'll throw you some Netflix we have shows our, every once in a while. We have our niche. Yeah, it's a little little <laughs> our little pop culture to start the show or end the show, whatever you want. But uh Hey, if we yeah. got pop culture stories for another day, I got a I got a a perfect one in terms of like nerd culture and everything from Fan Expo a few years back. So I'll say that for when the moment arises because it's it's game and throw game of thrones related. So there you go. There you go. Hey, you tuned in the last kingdom yet or what? Okay, I, I I know I know you told me to check it out. I haven't, but it it is on my list. It All is right. up there. It's it's in my recommendations. I put it on hold. I am going to watch it because also Stranger Things season four came out. So All right. um, All right. I'm going to have to binge everything up until that point again. So yeah, it, 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 it's it's on there. It's on All there. Right. Perfect, I, I, I trust perfect. you for that. All right. <laughs> um, I so I, w- I want to tell you a quick story here before we get into the hockey talk about yeah. my week because 
it kind of renewed my my view on humanity. I mean, with with everything that's been happening in the world, we've been two years of of COVID, this COVID, that, everything COVID. Um, you know, obviously for those in Buffalo, the shooting in Buffalo, yeah, just over two weeks ago, and then Uvalde, uh, Texas, that just happened. And um, I I don't know if I mentioned to you guys, but as a parent, that one kind of hit me a little bit harder this time. You know, I saw your thread that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say that you know, like Sandy Hook and all that didn't, but uh, it just kind of it, it it just it made me talk to my wife about you know sending our our son to to school and what you know the yeah. fears that that come with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so I was really down on humanity. I, I I was just like you know I've had enough. Like everything's just very very dark right now, and. Yeah we got these three packages from Lululemon sent to our house and like, don't get me wrong. I love, I've got a pair of Lululemon joggers. I love them. <laughs> I, I could wear them every day, all day. They are the greatest thing that ever existed. Okay. My wife's very similar. She would, she loves her Lululemon stuff. That said, we didn't order anything from Lululemon. So we find out there, there's a phone number on it. I, I decide to finally call and say like, Hey, like your Lululemon stuff, you know, it's here. Anyways, it's, it's 10 years ago, the people that lived here, their daughter, it's their, it's her stuff. And it, you know how the, you know how like on the internet, it auto fills some of your orders. Sometimes you're, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it automatically previous, fills everything out. Yeah. 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 So anyways, her husband who used to come visit her at this house that I live at when her parents lived here and they were dating, came to pick up the stuff and you know, like, as, as I would want somebody to do the same for me, you know, I didn't, I don't expect anything. I, I wanted to just make sure the packages got to the right place, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We had the same issue with uh, Lego last Christmas and it was the same thing. It was that theirs. We, we had sent it back. They eventually got it, which was great. Anyways, um, buddy brings up a, a $10 gift card for Tim Hortons and just, you know, thanks for, thanks for giving us a call and making sure that the packages got to the right place. And, I, you know, and, and you never expect anything because you just want to do the right thing. Yeah. But it just, it, it was one of those things where like, you know, there's still good people out there and always, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was going to tweet about it, but I was just like, you know, I was just shared on the podcast this week and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of brighten people's day because you know, there are good people out there and that's what we have to focus on. I, it, yeah. I'm not saying be silent about the shit that's going on because there's way too much shit going on right now in the world be vocal about it, share, share your opinions because it's important, but at the same time, don't, don't fall away from the fact that there's, there's a lot of good out there. And uh, yeah. So shout out to Lululemon dude. Um, Lululemon dude. Lululemon dude. I'm sure we'll get some more packages (laughs) again. Yeah. No, stuff like that, you know, it's just the little things that matter in, in everything right now. And considering that's, you know, it's been a, sh- it has been a shitty two years. Like, let, let's be realistic. And even when you hear stuff about like what, what the death threats that Nazem Kadri was getting throughout the St. Louis games, it was just absolutely like, you know, I, 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 I can't even like bring myself to like see that and just be like, come on. Like if you want to hit on the player for being, you know, a pass or whatever, fine. But look back at the replay. He did not warrant that. He did not deserve the kind of hate and vitriol that was being spewed at him and his and his wife and everything like that. And it's just absolutely sickening. But to hear something like that, 
you know, it, it, the simplest things matter, like words of kindness matter. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand why people always have to go the route where, you know, hate is the only reason to get your point across. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. like I, like whatever just happened to be like, you know, friendly. I, I, I know it's kind of like the simple word, but like, like where, where's the compassion? Where's fr- the friendly, heart? but where's if you don't like, yeah. if you don't like a situation, you walk away. There, there's yeah i don't have anything nice to say don't say it i'm glad you brought this up and and we will get into leaf talk in just a second here but i i want to say something about this whole cadre thing because mm-hmm. there, Do like, so. there's I, I don't know if you saw my tweet uh the other day this guy named harry decided to call nazim Kadri a, oh, a yeah. terrorist and yeah. and said that he hopes somebody goes out there and ends his career and um, I forget who it was, but they tracked down that. I guess he said he worked at Amazon and something. And I, and realistically, I hope somebody at Amazon, if if this guy really is an Amazon driver, like do something about it, mm-hmm. because this is like that. That's to say something like that. It doesn't matter if he he intent the intent was there to to injure Bennington. It doesn't matter. The fact is is that Nazem Kadri and his wife are human beings. His family they're human beings, um, and like figure it out like and, yeah. and shout out to jordan jacklin who used to I, I don't know if he still writes for us but used to write for the hockey writers. He did, yeah and uh to track down that that one kid 14 years old plays in a st louis soccer program and uh i i retweeted it with um with the the podcast account and just said you know like understand who you're associated with yeah because you could have 90 percent fantastic people within your organization that 10 percent can really put a damper on, on who you are yeah and and the association is everything what happened to the what happened to the guilty by association mm-hmm. that, that that's gone right out the window and yeah. and you are guilty by association you're gonna let somebody like that anyways the soccer program ended up suspending this kid indefinitely and i hope i hope they look at it realistically and say you know what this kid deserved everything and i had somebody yeah. i had somebody respond to that tweet and say well he didn't threaten him and i said i, I wrote back and said first of all first of all it doesn't matter whether he threatened him or, or called him or used bigotry to, to yeah. shame him or attempt to shame him the fact is that he did something wrong there was there was bigotry and ignorance involved and racism mm-hmm. But two, to say, I hope he pours uh, alcohol into his eyes and blinds himself and falls off a cliff, that is a threat to his physical being. Yeah. <laughs> so like, get your 14-year-old friends off of Twitter and tell them to stop writing me because I will put them, I will put them to shame every goddamn <laughs> time. All right? <laughs> I've, I've been around long enough to know that what what – a threat of physical violence yeah. is versus like, you know, whatever, whatever they thought they were talking about. I also love how like a university frat took action. I believe one of those, someone found out that one of those people was a universe was part of their fraternity and they kicked them out. And this, this is still getting to me. I really think it was Mike Stevens. He posted the list of the comments, right? One of the family members reached out to him telling him to remove the comments because they were getting hate messages and messages that so you know so it was all right for you to yeah tough luck yeah tough tough now you know now you know what nazim kadri was was going through when he was getting those messages move change your name hide 
okay? Because there's a reason. And if you're associated with those people and you're not willing to speak up about it, then you're part of the problem, period. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100%. hope Nazem Kadri goes on to win the cup and shoves it down every racist throat. I just, I, I, I'm sorry. I loved the fact that he taunted the crowd. Not not to say that every St. Louis fan, like, you know, nope, is... but that 1%. That 1%. That 1%, 5%, 10%. The fact that he taunts his, the, the crowd after everything that he was going through. And, he, and like, I believe he just like, he pointed the crowd and then to his head, like, you know, I remember kind of thing. Yeah. That was beautiful. Either that, that was beautiful. Or, either that or I'm in your head. Cause he, he's in, he's in their head. Perfect. And, and I love how perfect. he just shoved it down Perron's throat the entire time. See you later, St. Louis. Yeah. Enjoy the golf season. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I loved it. I loved another, it. I loved every minute. Another silly that I would have found acceptable just hush the crowd. Yeah. Hush the crowd. Yeah. An oldie but a goodie. Yeah, no, uh, I'm glad you brought that up right off the hop because I don't yeah. think we did, like, we didn't talk much about what was going on on Twitter with that. Um, oh, it was it was enough on Twitter that everyone kind of clued in. But, yeah, if you, I'm glad we talked about that because that was just an absolute joke that, of all people. Yeah. Again. No, 100%. 100%. And there was one other thing that I did want to mention that I, I'm – I'm actually very disappointed in myself for not bringing up um, uh, when it happened. Um, but uh, Chloe Primorano, Primorano, hopefully I said that right. Primorano, Chloe Primorano. Um, she was drafted out of the uh, Burnaby Winter Club U15 yes. prep team um, out of North mm-hmm. Vancouver. 15-year-old drafted uh, in the WHL Bantam draft by the Vancouver Giants. 13th round, 268th overall. Great story. Um, again, and we talked about this because Taya Curry was drafted in the OHL, I believe, last year mm-hmm. as a goalie. But Chloe becomes the first female to be drafted, female skater to be drafted, um, and in in this in the entire CHL. I I I think this is great. Yeah, it was later in the rounds, um, but I think this is a step showing that that we are we are extremely close to seeing a female athlete in this CHL. I think, I think it's coming. And let's, let's not forget Eve Gascon. Eve Gascon. Yes. From Gatineau. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so right. The, the barriers are being broken. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, I hope she gets into a game at some point. Yeah. Um, I said this with, with Taya Curry as well. I hope that's not just like, you know, you got drafted and that's yeah, it. A media yeah. thing, but uh, it, it doesn't seem like it is. I, I, I'm, I'm really keeping my fingers crossed. So I'm, I'm I just wanted to give her a shout out because we didn't Absolutely. do that last week. Mm-hmm. We should have. Um, and yeah, great, great stuff coming out of uh, the, the WHL and, and Vancouver, North Vancouver. So uh, with that, let's, uh, let's get into a little leaf talk here and um we're going to start it off with, with uh, good old Jason Vintage Spezza. Um, calls it quits. Five points shy of 1,000 in his career. And I'm not going to lie, I was, on the, uh, I was on the golf course last week, and I, I said to some of the guys I was golfing with, I said, you know, like, I think the Leafs sign him. I think the Leafs sign him for one more year, get him the 1,000 points, you know, let him know maybe yeah. he's only playing in 40 games. And sure enough, 
Spezza goes out and shoves that right up my hoop and uh, lets me know that he's not going to be back for a, another season with the Leafs. But what a career. 1,248 regular season games, um, 97 playoff games. He had 995 points over that span in the regular season, another 76 points in the postseason. And uh, – former second overall pick back in 2001 for Ottawa. He was part of that line that was Danny Heatley, Daniel Alfredson, and Jason Spezza. What a line in Ottawa. They were, those were, those were the years for the senators. Like they, they had some great teams at that point. I remember they had Havlat and Chris Neal and, and just guys that could really rip it up. Um, but yeah, the 38 year old calls it quits, but then jumps right into the management role, special assistant to, GM Kyle Dubas, Peter, what are your thoughts on this move? Uh, I mean, we knew at some point it was going to come to an end, right? I just didn't expect it to happen this quickly. And the fact that we all, we, everyone in the Leafs Nation, everyone on Twitter, everyone in the Leafs sphere, they want to see Spets at least get the 1,000 points. I mean, I, I think that's the – it's not the fact that he retired. I think it's the fact that we wanted to see him hit that milestone because of what he's done to this team, the leadership qualities, being a team player on and off the ice, and just being a really great mentor that everyone can look up to. And the fact that it ended without that happening, and it's just like – and the fact that he didn't even win a cup, not just with the Maple Leafs, but throughout his career, the closest that he came was with the Senators in 06 and 07 losing to the Ducks. And, you know, we talked about how last year would have been the year for a deep run. If they beat Tampa Bay, they could have gone on a deep run. So he had every opportunity and it, and it just sucks that he wasn't able to win one as a player. But now that he's taking that, you know, uh, I was going to say assistant to the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin, but yeah. uh, I, I, that was the first thing that was coming <laughs> into my head. But um, the fact that he's a, like an assistant under Dubis, I mean, it shows that, you know, he's a smart hockey mind. I, I, I think it wasn't any question that he wouldn't settle for anything less than to be a part and help build this team even better because he knows his club. He knows the players that, he, that, have been, that he's played against throughout his career. He knows the way the game is going right now, and I think he's going to help build something solid and give Dubas some really good advice. And I think it's going to start with – I believe he's starting with the draft with um you know or starting to prep with the drafts and shout out i i sent uh i tweeted at kyle dubas with my list of prospects that the maple Leafs should draft so hopefully him and spezza read that but uh yeah i i love it it was fantastic i think it was inevitable that spezza was going to be in a higher role once he retired um maybe we even thought of him being behind the bench kind of like alex burroughs with the senators but i mean fantastic career and i and i remember watching him or going to my first ohl game with the mississauga ice dogs when you know don cherry was owning it and they were absolutely garbage with their record and i always loved the way that jason spezza played every time he hit the ice and me being a 10 year old kid going to an ohl game watching him play watching him lace it up watching him get drafted, watching him play in the Battle of Ontario. And I hated that because he was one of my favorite players and I had to despise him because of that rivalry. Watching him with Dallas, watching him with Toronto, it, 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 it's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I wish he had a little bit more success. I wish he got a cup. 
But now I'm thinking maybe he gets a cup as part of that leadership or that management team. Hopefully he gets his name etched on it. And I hope all the players know what's on the line. I mean, he's not very far. He can still communicate with them. It's just now in a, in a different role. Yeah, no, I think it's the move to management is so key because not only, not only everything that you mentioned, but he's, he's a guy that people listen to, right? Yeah. And that was his role on this team for the last few years was to be that veteran leader. You know, let these guys, let these kids know what it takes to get to where you want to be, um, how difficult it is to make a run, how, you know, you might not, you might only get one shot at it. And he is a guy that they, they you know, he was heard in the room. And what I thought was great about Jason Spets in Toronto was that when he came here, he was one of the first guys to step in front of the mic every single game, every single practice, always had something to say, uh, knew how difficult this media was going to be, right? Like Whether he was benched or not. Yeah, whether he was benched or not. I mean, even even when Babcock benched him in his first game at home, yeah. um, you know, still still just spoke to the spoke to the media without really throwing anybody under the bus. He was a mm-hmm. team guy. The mentality was that he wanted to he wanted to you know be there for for his teammates, but also you know be an organizational spokesperson, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, what better place to do it than Toronto, right? Where you're. You're, if you're in there and you're you're in front of the media, you're in front of the cameras, you're constantly going to be one of those faces that people recognize and people expect to be kind of the 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 speaker of the team. And he did it in a way that he was a leader right up until you know guys like Austin Matthews were ready to take that role. Mitch yeah. Marner was ready to take that role. Jack Campbell's out there every time talking to the media, um, and and like there there's nights where some guys aren't willing to talk like. I've been in the room when after the um, after the game in, in Ann Arbor, I, I, I think there was, you know, some of the guys didn't come out to talk. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, he was there every single time. And I think to Adam and here's the thing you tweeted at Kyle Dubas. I think they listen to the show because I said, <laughs> I've, been saying, I've been saying for a year and a half, keep this guy around sign him to a lifetime contract, keep him in the, in the front office and make sure he's a part of this organization. And they did just that. They went out and I'm sure it was a very good conversation between Kyle Dubas and and Jason Spezza. And Mm -hmm. he probably said, look, we aren't going to sign you. We signed, we signed Giordano to a minimum contract. We need as much space as we can get, you know, and we are very reluctant to not sign you, but this is where our, this is the direction of our team. And Jason probably said, okay, what else can you offer me? Yeah. And I'm sure Kyle Dubas was right, right there saying, you know what, you're, you're going to be the special assistant to the GM. I I can, I I wish I was a fly on the wall to tell you exactly how that conversation went, but I can tell you it was a respectful conversation between two two guys that are, are pure class. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I like, get the lifetime contract out there, sign him yeah. to at least 60, give him another 22 years with the Maple Leafs and hell make him make him like the AGM at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad he's sticking around. Like I said, it's kind of bittersweet. Um, unfortunately, I wish he got the thousand points. I really do. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
you know, hopefully, like you said, he gets his name etched on that Stanley Cup uh, in in another fashion, and and the team knows that he's still around and and still going to be a leader for this franchise. Luke Fox wrote uh, or wrote a piece on you know the the retirement and then the hiring. Spezza said, "There's definitely a huge void in my heart in my career, knowing that he didn't get a chance to win the Stanley Cup." And then he also said, "You know." Did I do enough? Did I help push the right buttons? Did I do everything I could to help the team get over it? Um, I he, just looking back on those three questions, I honestly think he did. He was brought in to play a fourth line role and be a mentor for the players. He did that. Did he push the right buttons to try and motivate them and you know get under the opposition skin? He did that quite a bit. Did I do everything that I could to help the team get over it? In game five, when it was two nothing Tampa Bay before the end of the second before the end of the first period, who was it that went to Jack Campbell and calmed his nerves, got the bench under control, and said, "Hey, you know what? You I, I don't know what the exact conversation was, but it kind of said like, you know what? You got this. Get in the zone. Be you." Jason Spezza. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he could have any doubts. I, I think the only one regret is not winning the Stanley Cup. And I kind of wish that maybe he would have signed with Toronto during his prime in, you know, those 2008, 2009 era when he was still a 70, 80 point guy. And, you know, you, you know, what could have been, you know, really wish he would have signed here, but instead of later on in his, in his career, but you know what? For I, I, you always have those doubts. You always question, did I do enough and everything like that? I honestly think that despite not winning a cup, Jason Spezza put his heart on his sleeve and everything on the line. And I, I, I just can't be happier for him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some trivia right now because we, I, I told, uh, talked to Alex about this on the Maple Leafs Lounge. And Terry Koshin posted this from the Toronto Sun, posted this out. And this is a really, without looking at it, this is a weird stat or weird fact. Jason Spezza was third overall in OHL rookie scoring in 98-99. Who was first overall in rookie scoring that year? In, sorry, 98-99? 98-99. In the OHL? In the OHL, the answer will surprise you. Corey Perry. No. I got nothing. Ready for this? Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Wow. With 116 points. Wow. My mind was blown when I saw that tweet from Terry. Jason Spence is retiring when Sheldon Keefe is the bench boss and he held the rookie or was the top scoring rookie in that year. I smell an assistant coach coming on. I, 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 he, he better be an assistant coach. Get that combination going. Yeah, Played in no, the absolutely. OHL at the same time. Met each other in different positions during Spence's career. But let, let's make them coaches, man. Let's yeah. let's make Spezza the power play faceoff coach and get him on the bench with Sheldon Keefe. 
hell of a hell of a coaching staff that would be. I mean, two top scores from the OHL, ninety eight, ninety nine. Jesus, rookies, mind you. And not yeah. only that, you would have two good faceoff men, Malhotra and Spezza. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. There you absolutely. go. I, I had I had to ask you that because I know your reaction was going to be priceless, and it was. I think I went. I think I went young with Corey Perry. Like, yeah, I think I think. Perry, I think Perry was early 2000s. I want to say 04, 05, because he was part of that legendary London Knights team that uh, went on that run. Yeah. His first, it was actually 2001-02, his first OHL okay. season. Okay. So four, four to five years later. Wow. I, I can't math that well, but yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. That is that's crazy. a crazy stat. But Thank yeah. you, Terry Koshin, for putting that out there because yeah. I was mind blown. When I saw that, I was also 10, 90, 98. So, um, yeah, 10. <laughs> Anyways, I, I was just, I was just taking up hockey for the first time in 98. So <laughs> perfect. Um, yeah, but, uh, no, we definitely wish, we wish Jason Spets all the best. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, this, uh, this is a guy that, uh, definitely did played his role properly when he came over. Um, played his 1,240 games with class, uh, even though the league decided to suspend him for a few games late, late in his career, but, uh, still BS. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I still, I, you know what? I think he'd be at a thousand points if they hadn't suspended him. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's, there's a hot take for you. I, I think if, I I also think if, if, uh, Mike Babcock didn't bench him that one time, he probably could have had at least one point. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Thanks, thanks to Babcock and uh, the league. Uh, Jason Spezza did not reach a thousand points in his career, so that's who we're taking our gripe with. There we that's go. That's right. That's right. Um, Leafs Twitter seems to be taking their gripe with uh, William Nylander after he joined the uh, Swedish team for the World Championships, and seems to be throwing his weight around a little bit more over there. Yeah. Um, Look, I think this has been a conversation for some time when it comes to William Nylander when he plays for Sweden. He just adds a little bit more physicality to his game. Um, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this year when we started recording with Alex that Nylander was a guy that I was always very hard on. Um, yeah. You know, here's a guy making whatever he's making, $7 million and just under $7 million. And... Uh, you know, he was. I think his best season was fifty-one points at the time. Before, before this one, yeah, yeah, so, sixty-one, sixty-one, sixty-one. Sorry, back 61. to back. So that said, I think he's been underrated as one of the better Leafs and more consistent Leafs over the past two seasons. And I say that because I still hate his board role where he like goes up the boards and rolls off the puck. But the playoffs. Here's the thing. You're not going to take that out of his game. That's a part of his game. He's not – he'll never be your physical specimen. Like, Marner learned to play that way when he played with Tuchuk in in London, right? He played with Tuchuk and Dvorak, and uh, that was – he had to be a little bit more physical on a a Dale Hunter team, right? Matthews, he's a big body. He's always going to – you know, I think he's – I think he got better when he started playing physically. William Nylander is never going to be your physical guy. Um, he's a scorer. He's a playmaker. He's a guy that um, has the offensive skill and 
can can puck or can can stick handle like crazy and has the speed and the acceleration um maybe better than most players in the league um is it nice to see him over there playing with a little bit of a physical edge absolutely i would take that any day with him in a leafs uniform mm-hmm. that said you're not going to get it from him you're not like we as much as you want it. Yeah, we can't sit here and, and call him out and say, yeah, we're going to trade him. That's it. We're going to trade him. Would the cap space be great? Absolutely. But why, unless you're going to trade for an upgrade, why would you trade William Nylander right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, again, we talked about this. If you're trading William Nylander or any of the core Obviously, it's got to make sense, and you're and and I believe we mentioned this last week that Matt Larkin mentioned if it's William Nylander and Jacob Chikrin, whether it's one for one or like more pieces are being added to it, then you definitely got to consider that because Chikrin is still younger or is, is still a young, you know, two way defenseman with the shot that the Maple Leafs lack on uh, on defense. You know, Roddy's a playmaker, Chikrin's a shooter. The thing about this is. I understand where you're coming from, that he's not meant to play a physical style, but he's six feet, 196 pounds. He's got muscle on him. So the fact that we were seeing him throw his weight around with Sweden, hopefully, I, I hope, and I, and I emphasize hope, that he can add that sandpaper element to his game where he's not going to back off from a check. Because I think that if, knowing that he saw Matthews do that, he saw... Tavares do that at points. Um, everybody else was getting into that. Now that the fact that you're missing someone like Spezza, who was able to throw his weight around a little bit more, you got to find that edge somewhere. And hopefully, I hope Nylander's taking that to heart because if he was able to play, like, uh, obviously, he's not a power forward, but if he's able to have that bite to his game, where even if it's not a big hit, at least he's doing part his part to try and like create a turnover and create some havoc and be a thorn in other players' sides. I know he's, that's not going to happen, but if it were to happen this season, I think that this is going to be the William Nylander that, you know, obviously we already know what he's going to be, but for, to all the fans that say, oh, he doesn't play the way that I want him to, well, now he's going to play the way that you want him to. Are you still going to complain about it then? I guess, like, I guess my thinking is like, this guy could be the greatest player to ever play the game and people are still going to complain about him. Like they're gonna, yeah. they're going to he's the Leaf, Leafs nation has always had somebody that they need to pick on. And yeah. William Nylander's that guy right now. Right? Sadly. Like, there's nobody Sadly. else. It was Jake Gardner at one point. Um you know, you Nazem Kadri was one at at one point. Like no matter what, there's going to be. I was be guilty something. with Gardner. I was guilty with Gardner because so, absolutely, his, so was I. His, his turnovers were just. Egregious. But it was mag- it was magnified because he was yeah. playing. He was playing minutes that he shouldn't have been playing. Period. Mm-hmm. He was not a top pairing guy. They put him on the top pairing, and he was an offensive guy that that needed to be maybe second, third pairing. We we saw him in top pairing minutes and the expectation was going to be that he's a top pairing guy and he's going out there against other teams, top lines. And, and the competition was just different. Mm-hmm. His giveaways were magnified because of who he played against the minutes yeah. that he played. Um, and, and I bet you, if you looked at his giveaways per 60 minutes versus like 
somebody at the time who was playing on the third pairing, it would be pretty damn similar. Yeah. And so that's my argument with Nylander. like, no, he's not going around throwing his body around and, and, and playing like a six-foot power forward, but look at some of the puck battles for a second. Look at some of the puck battles that he wins along the boards. Without throwing the body. He's going in there, and he's leaning up against these guys, mm-hmm. and he's so much stronger on his legs than people give him credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just – I think no matter what this kid does in Toronto, there's always going to be something to complain about. And I think it's because of how the relationship started between him and Leafs nation. He held out, people got frustrated. All of a sudden they want to hate on this guy because he's not living up to a $7 million contract, but look at him. He's having one of the clearly his best offensive season like the last two years he's been he's been incredible one of the better playoff uh playoff performers in the last two years uh seven points in seven games this season against the defending stanley cup champions and he struggled the first four games with Tavares. yeah they showed up the last three absolutely and and yet they're still they're still complaining about while this guy needs to go he's garbage he's trash get him out of toronto i for his sake I almost, I almost hope they move him only so that he can get a fresh start with the fan yeah. base, mm-hmm. right? But then I feel like all it's going to do is make Leaf fans hate him even more and say, well, he wanted out of Toronto. Well, no, this is us pushing people out of the city. Yeah. You wanted same, him out of Toronto. I said the same thing last year when everyone was talking about trading Marner and trading Matthews and they're never going to win a playoff series, blah, blah, blah. Marner's never going to score a goal in the playoffs. Well, he, pr- he proved everybody wrong on that one. And yep. the wins are going to come. Like, you have, you have to remember these kids are 23, 24 years old. Like, they are entering the primes of their careers. Um, and I don't know. I just think, I just think this guy's never going to do anything right for this fan base. And I, I just I, – I, f- I feel for him a little bit, even though I think to him he kind of brushes a lot of it off. He seems like a very laid back person, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm a Nylander fan. I like what he does. Some parts of his game frustrate me, but I think you can find that in any player. If you look, if you look hard enough, you can look past that. Yeah. And even so right now, out of that 2014 drafts, he's seventh in points and he was drafted in the top 10. So like what more do you want? Yeah. Pretty good pick. Yeah. I mean, Dreisaitl, Pasternak, Reinhardt, Point, Larkin, Ehlers, Nylander. All seven of those players are elite at their and excel at what they do perfectly. And how many teams pass on on the Braden points of that draft? Uh seventy-eight. Well, seventy-eight so, picks. So, so you can't sit here and tell me that while well, the Leafs should have taken point. Well, yeah. Okay. Sure. So Could should have. have 77 other picks ahead of him. in hindsight. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, he was ideally at the time, at probably one of the better picks and you were if never going to get, you were never going to get the physical game from this guy. Mm-hmm. If you were to overlook Michael Dalcall, Jake for Tannen and Hayden Fleury, those three picks right there, Nylander and Ehlers would have been battling for that fifth spot. 
both of those players would have been top five over those three because they are not top 10 picks at all. So it is kind of laughable at this point. And like you said, listen, I, I again, I've criticized Nealer, Nylander in the past as well, but when he when he's playing well, he's playing well in this season and even last season, he's shown to elevate his game. And I think maybe playing with Tavares on that wing helped him out quite a bit. And maybe it kind of like checked, put things in this perspective for him. Because at the beginning of the season, he was on a tear. Him and Tavares were unstoppable. And then obviously that little lull, but then when it mattered most in the playoffs and the three games when it was supposed to, when they needed him the most, he shined. So I, I, I just don't know anymore. I mean, I, I really don't. I'm going to go one step further on you, on your, your uh, note on where he sits in the 2014 draft and say, look at his games played versus the Please other, do. the other what seven in front of him. In terms of points, yeah, they're the all only, the only one that's played fewer games is Braden Point. And Four seventeen, playing, yeah, and he's playing for a team that's won the Stanley Cup back to back years. So, I mean, credit where credits due. I mean, he's been a large part of that. But when you can get two hundred and one assists on a team that you know is going to go on to win the cup, like you're, you're going to get your points. Mm-hmm. Could be secondary assists, right? Yeah. You're talking about William Nylander in 439 games. He's he's recorded 343 points. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, and, and and again too, like when we were talking about like the whole trade Nylander thing or Marner thing or whatever, it's it it was based on the time where maybe frustration was kicking in a little bit. But let's face it, at the least do make a move. You are looking at William Nylander mainly because that's the one contract that is movable. Unless you're able to move, I mean, you're technically not moving Tavares or Matthews. Marner, you could try. You're going to get the King's Ransom, but you're probably going to have to eat some of that salary. Teams are going to pay top dollar for that contract and that kind of production. And and it's sad, but if it does come to it, at this point now, you're not trading Nylander for the sake of just getting him off the team. You're trading him for a reliable asset in return right now. Yeah, no, and, and that's why I, right now I don't see it happening. I think mm-hmm. if you're moving anything, you're moving the Kerfoot contract, you're moving the, the Justin Hall contract. Muzzin possibly. I know Alex Muzzin wrote a really possibly. great piece. Yeah, yeah if, if you if you can find a way to move it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't see Nylander being a part of anything. So, Leafs Nation, get used to it. Like, you're going to see him for at least another year, I think. Um, and find a way to support the kid. Like, he's a hell of a player. He's a hell of a player, and, and mm-hmm. his speed alone is is so – his skating is so graceful. I don't know if you watch him skate. Oh. Just he's such a graceful mover when he's moving. And, especially, uh, especially when he cuts to the outside, yeah. too. And just, I mean, in the first game alone, he caught Victor Hedman twice on his pivots. And, yep. and Hedman, a Norse Trophy winner, stumbled quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just throw my hands up in the air. So yeah, don't don't expect him to be the power forward that you're seeing over in Sweden. I think he plays yeah. a li- with a little bit more of an edge when he's playing for his country. But you know, and it, it is what it is. We um, can dream. We, we can, can dream. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what uh, your thoughts on on the the bottom six moving forward? I know I wrote a little piece about. Uh, 
about Pontus Holmberg yeah. potentially being a, a consideration with with the way that he's developed. Um, <clears throat> again, it'll it'll all depend on how he can transition his game to North America. Um, but Alex Steves is another option. A lot of people talking about the potential that Alex Steves could get a, a crack at the lineup. Nick Robertson, I think, is another guy. Uh, and one guy that nobody's really talked about, but maybe could get another look is Josh Hosan. And there's a lot, there's no conversation surrounding him. He had a decent season with the Marlies. Is he a guy that maybe the Leafs bring back and, and give him another shot at camp? Not saying, not saying they sign him to a, to a contract, but they sign him to maybe another PTO and, and see where it goes. And maybe, maybe ends up with the Marlies again. I can see that happening. I, I think he makes a team unless he has like a major standout performance. <clears throat> I mean, he, he, he looked great in preseason this year. And I know a lot of us are pushing for him to, you know, sign the, he signed the contract. Let's go. He deserved it. Kind of like had a lull despite this hot start. I mean, he was still great, but you know, there were times where maybe you would have liked to see a little bit more production from him, but you know, he still took everything in stride played like a pro. And, and again, we, we, we talked about how grateful that he was and how we mentioned how grateful he was for the opportunity for Dubas. And if he, if it's not with the least, it's with another team, but with the current players that have a legit shot, obviously Pontus Holmberg on the wing, he's going to fill in for either McCabe or Engvall should they leave or even Alex Kerfoot. But with Spezza being gone or retiring right now, it definitely opens up that spot for possibly Nick Abruzzese. Um, We saw how well he played with his tenacity and his work ethic. That could be a factor on a, on a fourth line role. Um, Alex Steves with his production. I, again, I, I took note of him during that whole uh, rookie tournament with those games. And he was just absolutely lights out and, you know, 23 goals and 46 points at the Marlies this season. That's just absolutely nuts. And then one point in three games with the Maple Leafs this season. If you were to get an extended look, he, he plays like a fourth liner and maybe even bottom six or a player that in a bottom six, that could play with that edge, that bite, that in your face style, obviously not going to be overly physical, but he's going to be heavy on the forecheck. He's got a powerful shot. He's got that drive to the net. I think that's going to bode well for the Maple Leafs this season. Obviously, Nick Robertson, you would like to see in that top six. Stay healthy. You'd like to see him stay healthy. That's the most important <laughs> thing with him. And, and it's killing me right now because 20 years old, he, has, he literally hasn't played a full season with either obviously the Maple Leafs not so much because he's been going up and down but with the Marlies itself 21 games last year because he had also had that injury with his broken leg or foot at the his second game of the season mind you and then again second game of the season with the Marlies or third or fourth second or third game goes down and he's out six to eight or eight to ten weeks but still manages to be a point per game player that's what you want to see from Nick Robertson. Obviously, again, health is the most important thing. But is that going to be enough? Because what happens if he does make the roster and then he gets injured two, three games into the season right now? Then you got to go back to the Marlies and try to figure out who can we call up and replace. And 
you know, obviously they're going to be looking to promote a lot from within this year, whether or not they do try and make a big free agent splash. I think maybe to get some reassurance, you go after. And I mentioned this last week about adding a top six forward. I mentioned Andre Pallad as an option, but my biggest one is Riley Smith. I think he has that game, that edge, the puck possession style that they play with. I think if you put him on the wing with Tavares and Nylander, he's going to produce more than possibly Alexander Kerfoot and, and not be kind of like a, just a fly on the wall with them. I know he had a great season with 51 points, but at the same time, he did kind of fade in and out at times where he did look invisible. Roddy Smith is not going to look invisible on that second line or even Andrew Kopp for that matter, if they do try to give him that Zach Hyman deal, which has been rumored to be. And if, if I'm going to speak on that, I'd rather give Andrew Kopp the Zach Hyman deal than Zach Hyman because he's only 27 and doesn't have a long injury history. But then again, my main thing is, is that production going to be consistent? So if you give him that seven-year deal, Right now, you at least get three or four good years of Andrew Kopp. Kind of at the mid part of his prime right now, and then three years of question marks as opposed to Zach Hyman. But for me, if you're going after something like Riley Smith and you give him a contract that's similar to Brandon Saad, why not take that chance? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think this is a great opportunity for the the organization to see what they have within, and mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the way that they have to kind of go over the next few seasons. Um, is to to you know until the cap sees a real real increase, a lot of it's going to be promotion low, from within, promotion from within, and low end free agents. Um, mm-hmm bring guys in like Mark Giordano who, who will sign for 800 K um, a guy like Michael Bunting, who's going to sign for under a million. Um, you know, they can't make the mistakes that they made with Nick Ritchie. Right. And that, and that's yeah. going to, that's going to, that's going to bite them. Right. Like those, those kind of moves, mm-hmm. you know, you're hopeful when you make them, but you have to be very conscientious of what you're doing with your money right now. Um, but then there were the wins with David Camp and Andre. Well, Kind of with Andre Kasha as well. When he was in the lineup, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think David Kampf, I mean, like this, that, he's playing with so much confidence. And I could be wrong, but did he not just medal over at the World Championships as well with Czechia? He sure did. That's right. Bronze so, medal. And I believe he got two goals in the bronze medal game. Right. So, and so, like, this is a guy who's who's not your offensive threat. He's, he's your face-off guy. He's your defensive zone face-off guy. And uh, here he is, like, he he's been more productive this season offensively than he ever has in his career. Um, but there's a, yeah, another win definitely. And Andre Kasha, I mean, injuries aside, when he was in the lineup, that guy played with so much heart, left everything out on the ice. And I, I think personally it was another great signing, gave him an opportunity to see if he still had it with all the head injuries that he's had. Mm-hmm. But for me, a guy like Ricard Raquel might be, it might be an option as well. Yeah. Um, I, I I've expressed my love for Ricard Raquel. I was going to say, I know, I know he's a guy that we've mentioned a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. over, over the past couple of years, but um, you know, definitely a guy that, that, that uh, the Maple Leafs could bring in and potentially give him an opportunity like they did with Andre Kasha to kind of like find that 20 goal pace that he had 
a few years back. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going it, to, this is a great opportunity for the Leafs. It's a great opportunity to see what you have. Great opportunity to, to understand why you need your draft picks and why you need to use them very wisely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why Detroit was so good back in the day, right? They drafted well in the, in the sixth and seventh rounds. Um, you know, look at, look at Tampa. I mean, the guys that they've got Andre Pilat, um, you know, before Blake Coleman, guys like that, like you don't just, you don't just find them in free agency. Like these are guys that you're bringing up through your organization. Barclay Goudreau was a, was another one. Um, you know, brain point to find him at 78. Like, I mean, I think people thought he fell kind of too far anyway, but I mean, for them to go out and grab him, like organizational depth is everything. You talk about it in any sport, you want organizational depth. The way that you make a contender year in and year out is through your drafting and through your development. The Leafs, I've said it before, when it comes to goaltending, the Leafs have done nothing when it comes to development. And that's a big hole. That's been a big hole for the Maple Leafs over the years. Um, and that's not, that's not a knock at Jack Campbell. It's not a knock at any goaltender that came before him. It just was not a strong point for this organization. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of options right now for them, both defensively and up front. Um, obviously, Sandine and Lilligren are, are two, two pieces that yeah. can, can really develop and hopefully help this team if they're not moved. I, I can't see them being moved. Um, and then up front, like there's options. They got They got to play around with what they have and see if see if anything works out and see if anything sticks. Right. If you were with that third round pick that the Maple Leafs have, even though that this draft class isn't a strong one for goaltenders, would you take a goaltender knowing that you need one? at that spot if it made sense right like i'm not Mm -hmm. taking a goaltender that should be drafted in the in the sixth round in the third round just because right like they've 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 drafted goaltenders in the last two drafts um and like they're they're putting up decent numbers overseas but i think what the leafs need is they need to be able to find a way to get a pick within the first two rounds and get a goaltender that is projected to go in that that kind of range uh with that pick mm-hmm. and that's that's when you're going to get a goalie that you can can kind of bring up organizationally um i'm looking at tyler brennan right now obviously he's the projected top goaltender for this class he's slated to go anywhere between late second and and in that third round so it's if he's there with your it's, third pick, it's an I mean, option. It's, it's an option, right? And it is. Why not? Or even Topias Lenonen. Yeah, why not? You have you have, like I said, you have organizational depth at at uh, forward and, and and on the back end. Why not take another waiver on a goaltender and see what you mm-hmm. can do? Yeah, because right now, I mean, you look at even look at the Marlies. If Shaw, let's say Shalgren ends up starting the year as the backup in in Toronto with the Leafs. What do you have? What do you have with the Marlies? Wall, but he's been injured quite a bit. Michael Hutchinson. Uh, 
Yeah. Ian Scott, he he he's dealt was, with injuries how, quite a bit. I was gonna say, how's Ian Scott? Yeah, there's not you, a lot to to talk about there. You, you really don't have anybody because two of your prospects that you drafted have been on the injured list quite a bit. So I then, think maybe you got to take that chance with either a top North American or top mm-hmm. European goaltender. Yeah. I, I I I think it's something that you shouldn't. As much as I love some of the some of the defenders and forwards at that spot and i would love to see them on the leaves if you could develop tyler brennan into something because he's 6'4 194 pounds do it because mm-hmm. he's got potential very much like a sean burke eh? like the just the size 190 pounds sorry yeah yeah when you think about it very very sean burke yeah. right but and on a prince george cougars team too that didn't fare very well but then in the playoffs, his numbers in the playoffs, granted it was only four games, are miles better than what it was during the regular season. 899 and 358 in the regular season. Playoffs, 954 save percentage, 186 goals against average, and he lost three games. So either the team was playing much better or he was playing much better. I think that he was playing much better than the team was Yeah, throughout the whole entire season. And I still stand by that. He's just a bad pro or a product that he was on a bad team. Yeah. I still wouldn't take him first round, but as a late second, maybe. Yeah. Third, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. The least, like I've said, I've said it before, at least got to find a way to develop their own goaltender. Um, yeah. But uh, they do have options to fill the rest of the roster. And that's, I, I think you're going to see a lot of that this season. I really do. I, yeah. I don't think the free agents are there uh, and they're not going to cost, they're not going to be cheap enough for the Leafs to really go out and, and make a splash unless they're able to make some moves. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. Um, before we jump over to a little NHL talk, as always, Shout out to our sponsors, DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino. Yes. Um, sorry, just uh, make sure I've got the right uh, right read here because don't want don't want to don't want to disappoint <laughs> our sponsors. Not at all. Um, so yeah, so it's it's on Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook has arrived. Now you can legally bet on all of your favorite sports from MMA to hockey to playoff hoops. And so much more. Bet special parlays, spreads, money lines, and more. Plus, do it now for it from anywhere in the province. Join the action, download the app, and explore everything DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. To celebrate the pursuit for the Cup, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a wide variety of betting markets for all their customers. You can also check out DraftKings' impressive features, including same-game parlays. Select a game and combine multiple bets. Um, like which team will win, goals scored, and more for a shot to win big. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook is live, so you can you so go to the App Store and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on all the action only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Connects Ontario 1-866-531-2600. Must be 19 plus to play. Physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See sportsbook.com 
DraftKings.com for details. Please play responsibly. DraftKings operates pursuant to an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. Not my best ad read, but I will um, I'll run with it because you know what? DraftKings, thank you for joining in on the Sticks and the Six Fun. Um, with that said, let's uh, jump over quickly here to uh, a little um, NHL talk before we, we close out the show. Big game seven coming up, uh, New York, Carolina. And actually, Leafs Nation should be pretty excited about this because if the Rangers win, I believe the Leaf pick actually jumps up to 24th. Um, so I could be wrong. I, it might be 25th, but they'll, they'll jump up a spot at least in the, uh, in the, um, the draft. So more reason to take the players from my list, more reason to take <laughs> the players from Peter's list, but also more reason to cheer for the New York Rangers right now. If you're, if you're a Leaf fan, you want the Rangers to win a little yeah. bit of a higher pick in the draft. What are your thoughts on this game seven, Carolina, New York? I mean, home ice matters. Home team has won every single game in this series, and Carolina has just been a different team every single time on the road. Abysmal on the road. Yeah, just abysmal. Just, just bad. And and you know, obviously the MVP for them has been anti Ranta when Anderson's been out throughout this whole entire time, backstopping them to get to this point and if they win game seven it's going to be because of him it's hard to pinpoint any other like player worthy of being most valuable to them in the playoffs and anti-ranta at this point um see i'm kind of conflicted because i picked carolina to win the series but now that you mentioned if new york wins that pick is going to move up one spot to 24 or 25 so little bit, not necessarily apprehensive, but I said Carolina in six. Didn't happen. So I, I, I guess I'm going to go still with Carolina and Carolina. But you know what? If New York wins, they deserve it because they have been the better team in this series, I think. And it's all thanks to Igor Shosturkin. It's all thanks to, you know, the scoring depth that they have. They're getting contributions from everyone. And this is going to be a tough one. I, 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 part of me, again, part of me wants to go with my prediction, but a part of me wants to go with New York because they have proven to be better. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you because I took Carolina as well. Um, I think we all took Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um that's, we thought that everything would catch up to Shesterkin and the yeah, Rangers. Yeah. That said, I, I, I still think with, with the numbers that Carolina's put up, I think they're going to be able to get it done in game seven. Yeah. Um, Especially with home ice. Yeah. At home. It's yeah. uh, it's a bunch of jerks in Carolina and they're, and they're, they find <laughs> a way, they, they really do find a way to add Always. so much to the atmosphere. Um, that said, I, I do think if New York wins this game, you're going to see Shesterkin's best game of the series. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, I think he steals the game. I think guys like Kreider are going to step up. Um, I think Alexis Lafreniere has been invisible. I think he needs to step up if, he, if New York wants to win. But I, I, I'm not going to put it past Carolina, um, you know, 
you know, putting out a, a poor performance at home in game seven. I think it's just the atmosphere is there. The storylines there, anti Ronta's on like some Cinderella run with this team. Um, say what you will about how good the team is in front of them, but anti Ronta's played incredible hockey uh, over the stretch. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I think there's been so many great game sevens. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I do think Carolina comes out on top, though. It's going to be close. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a 4-2 game empty netter. 4-2. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's – and just to go to your point on Lafreniere, I mean, yeah, he hasn't looked up to being number one, but he has been, like, over the past few years, he's been on a New York Rangers team that's been stacked in the top six. So he's just a product of – not getting the ice time or the opportunity and he's still in there. And I get, and I get that he still needs to produce and like show that he should be up there. But I thought that, you know, in the past few games, he's looked pretty good. I I, I think that you're starting to see him start to come around and obviously you want to see him in that top six, but it's going to be hard for him to crack that. And this is why I hated that lottery system because we saw a, really decent team win first overall. And it's like, well, now Lafreniere is just going to sit on the third line for another, what, two, three years now. Uh, you know what? At least he's better than Capo Caco. Yeah. That's I, I, again, I'm still trying to hold out for him, but I think his time is running out even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, especially, especially if Lafreniere is the next guy to kind of jump into that top six. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you're, then you're talking about a guy that misses out once again. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I, I just, you know, I would have liked to see more from him and I, 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 Absolutely. you're a hundred percent right. I think it's a product of just not getting the opportunities, but um, great players create opportunity. That's true. They earn especially in the playoffs, spot. they earn their spot. And that's not to say he's not going to be great, but at this point in time, He's not uh, He's not the player that everyone expected him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of great players, the Western Conference showdown is going to be <sighs> absolutely on fire. You got McKinnon. You got McDavid. You got Dreisaitl. You got Randon. You got Landeskog. You got Hyman. You got... Kadri, you got Makar, you got, you know, you name it. You got guys on both sides of the puck that are, you got Pugliarvi, you got Nugent Hopkins. Um, and then you got 40-year-old Mike Smith and net versus Darcy and Kemper. Um, this is going to be one hell of a series. Um, and we won't throw our predictions out yet because we don't have Alex here. We will throw some predictions out on on our on our Twitter page before we, we actually get this series underway. But I want to get your thoughts on what we're, what, what, what we should be looking for in this series. Well, first and foremost, I'm kind of sad that that was kind of like one of the weakest battle of Alberta's that I've seen. I, and I'm kind of shocked that Calgary, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we all picked Calgary. Okay. To win. Okay. Your thoughts on the no goal. That, that was a goal. 100%. They, they got that wrong. 
100%. They got that wrong. My, my, here's my reasoning. It is so difficult to try and make a distinct kicking motion when Cody Cece was already pushing Blake Coleman in and he's trying to regain his balance and he puts his foot forward and his foot hits the puck going in. How is that a kicking motion when he's trying to regain his balance? And you saw him try to avoid the post. That to me, that's a good goal. Watch soccer. Watch soccer and you'll see a distinct kicking motion. There was no, there was zero, zero kicking motion on that play. Nothing, nothing looked like a kicking motion. He directed the puck in with his foot. Absolutely. Yeah. Under the NHL rules, that's a good goal. And shall I was we, also, sorry, I, I was just going to say, shall we, go, go, go. shall we mention the referees were also the ones that called back John Tavares's goal in game seven. So yeah, say what you will joke, say what you will. It's a conspiracy, um, man. I'll, I'll say this. Calgary looked like shit in that series. There's no, there's no debating that yeah. Calgary looked like shit. They didn't I deserve to better. win that series, but they deserved to win that game. And they did. That would have taken it to another level. The battle of Alberta would have continued and who knows what the outcome would have been. Mm-hmm. But at that point in time, you had referees once again. Deciding the outcome. Deciding the outcome of the game. So that, that said. And didn't they say they don't want to decide the outcome of a game? Absolutely. They never do. <laughs> they never do. They never do. Uh, and but one more thing. They showed a number of clips that were a more egregious kicking motions than that one that were allowed as a goal. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the other ones, but I remember Chris Tierney, Ottawa Senators, literally redirects it, but you also saw his foot move forward. And that goal counted. Coleman's skate was flat on the ice, and he's moving forward towards the, the goalpost, trying to avoid it. And that's that disallowed. I, I don't understand offsides. I don't understand. Well, I know what goalie interference is. I don't understand what a distinct kicking motion is anymore because it just seems all over the place right now. I don't know what the rules to the NHL are anymore. I yeah. Just, just throw I'm out done. the book. I'm lost. Just throw out the book already. I'm lost. Just leave it, leave it to be objective for every individual referee. Like well, why bother having the rules in place if you're not even going to follow it? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, but McDavid McKinnon, what do you what do you got? What do you got in this this <sighs> battle of the Western Conference? The battle of the uh the Max the what what, what was it Mick Mac and, and Mac? Mick Mac and Mick Mac Mac versus Mick. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is gonna be fun. Like this really is. Like I I I don't know any other way to describe it. You're getting the best player in the world right now going up against another top-tier player of the world right now. And, you know, McDavid with his pace right now, 26 points in 12 games. That's just ridiculous. And that game-winning goal, you saw the emotion on his face right now that he wanted this. And honestly, again, I kind of expected Calgary to win. But that didn't happen. So now you got a Colorado Avalanche team right now with 
I guess I, I, I say their depth is much better than the Edmonton Oilers in terms of like scoring throughout the lineup. But then again, anything can happen at this point. And, you know, obviously I, I, I'm not going to make my prediction just yet, but you got two beasts on the ice. Both can skate like the wind. And I'm sorry, that over that, that hat trick goal from McKinnon. Oh my Lord. That sent that sent the internet into a frenzy. Everyone was just like, "Are you kidding me?" To see that and McDavid do play possibly do plays like that for seven straight games, dude, that is gonna be hell, hella exciting to watch. I lost my train of thought there because I can't find the words to describe it anymore. I'm really excited for this series. So even though I picked Calgary, yeah, I'm excited for this series. This when Edmonton won and Colorado was still playing, everyone wanted McDavid McKinnon. We're getting that. So I think there's there's a ton of storylines here. You got first off, you have 40 year old Mike Smith making a run with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you have McDavid versus McKinnon. Kadri versus um, McDavid again. You have Kadri versus McDavid. You also have Kadri, um, you know, with everything that he's going through and, and, mm-hmm. and what he's he's potentially could do with this team. Um, also a free agent year for him. Uh, you have Evander Kane, who's, you know, we all know his backstory. And he's... His offseason issues. He, he's he's playing well. Issue. He's playing well. Uh, I believe he's got two goals in five of their 12 games or something like that. Something, uh, something along that line. Um, but Zach Hyman, former Leafs, like you want to talk about former Leafs, you got former Leafs, you got CC Barry, um, Hyman, Kadri. So there's, there's the, the leaf aspect to it. Kane um, is a goal per game with them. 12 and 12, 12 and 12. So, like I mean, talk about talk about the storylines that surround this series. Mm-hmm. I There's like a number I, of them. Yeah, like you, I won't make a prediction right now, but I'll say this: if Colorado wants to win this series, they need a lot more scoring from their bottom six. Yeah, and That's, they do have the depth. They have the depth. Yeah, hundred percent. We and we saw it in that final game uh, to close out the series. You got some depth scoring. They're going to need that 110% against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But man, this, this, this series is going to be high paced. It's going to be exciting. Um, we'll get to, we'll get a chance to see if, if the Denver air affects the Edmonton Oilers as yeah. they come in. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild Western Conference final. My other storyline is, is this the series where someone has an answer for McDavid Drysaddle? Yeah. That's going to be key. Cause, yeah. and you know, it, it sucks that Samuel Gerard is out after taking that massive hit in the St. Louis series, but this is why they brought in Josh Manson. This is why they brought in Devin Tays. This is why Kale McCarr is one of the best defenders out there right now. Can they shut them down? That's going to yeah. be key because quite a bit, they didn't look so hot defensively 
against the blues and they sat back and they were just caught out of position quite a bit. So they needed to work on that in order to be successful against those two, because they're just lightning. They're uh, again, I can't even talk right now. They're just so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be all of a series. And uh, like you said, we're kind of, we're both stumbling over words as we close (laughs) out the end of this, uh, this episode, it is, it's getting late for us, but um, Peter, before we close it out, anything else you wanted to jump into? Any any content over at the Hockey Writers? Anything you just wanted to say to our, our listeners? Uh, watch it. Uh, watch out for draft content. Um, got a got a big mock draft with all of our writers, and I know you took part in that. You know, you you Partially. you mentioned last week you selected for the Arizona Coyotes, so you know. Uh, that, that, that's, that's in the process of being formatted and worked out right now. And then the second round is going to be coming out shortly. So got that in the works right now. Also the Arizona coyotes should listen to everything that, uh, I had to say about the players that we picked. Um, yeah, I mean, I just full on revamped your entire prospect system and they're very excited to play at ASU next year. So, um, Give me a call if you want to hire me. Um, <laughs> anyways, aside from that, yeah, guys, check out all the draft content at the Hockey Writers. Draft profiles are coming out daily. Mm-hmm. Um, More I so think, now that we're a month away. I think you mentioned that we're, we're, we're over that 100 uh, draft profile mark. Closing in on 110. And we, we should be hitting that mark soon. So we are over 100. We are going to be pumping more content out and more profiles out soon. So... And I'm telling you guys, it's it's one it's a one stop shop for all your draft content. It's great stuff. It's great coverage. We have a, a fantastic team at the Hockey Writers. It has been for a number of years. Um, so and it's you, free. And it's free. It's free. It's That's 100% important. Free. <laughs> if you want to throw some some like Venmo our ways, like I don't have an account, but we can make one. You know, we can help ourselves <laughs> out here. But uh, no, hundred uh, percent free. Check it out. Uh, like I said, great content. It's it's used across the internet when when you know the draft finally hits. Um, you see it on Sportsnet. You see some of our content. I've seen people at the combine use our content to get to know some of the players. So, um, yeah, just just get out there, check it out, um, and, and uh, you know, if you have any questions or concerns, talk to Peter because he's the guy running the show. <laughs> more pressure on the spot for me eh? <laughs> but uh no um as always guys great episode uh we look forward to uh you know touching base with more of our listeners as we as we continue to push here you guys have been great for us uh the show continues to take off um sponsors are jumping in uh so let's continue to continue the ride here with the six and the six other than that we'll w- hopefully welcome alex back next week as well uh hopefully you have an interview for you next week as well um but uh otherwise you can follow us all on twitter you can follow alex at a hobson media follow peter over at p barracchini and you can follow me at andrew g forbes you can follow the podcast at sticks in the six pod that's s-t-i-x-i-n-t-h-e-6-i-x-p-o-d find us on instagram youtube spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Wherever you download your podcast, we will be there. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, rate, review, uh, hit follow, and join us weekly for more great hockey talk. 
Until next week.